Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Hello, today I get to introduce you to my friend, Susan Macias. Is that how I say it? I've never even asked you. You know, you say it perfectly and very few people do. So it's very impressive. I think I, well, I am very impressive, at least to my dog, <laughs> to my dog, maybe I'm impressive. <laughs> Susan, thank you so much for joining us today on Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Live. I've known Susan this year from our, both of us have been part of a writing collective, the Red House Collective. And uh, one time I messaged her and I said, are you encouraged or discouraged? And she said, discouraged. I thought, yes, my kind of person. I was just talking to Rachel Dodge about kindred spirits. And in some ways we are kindred spirits. We're trying to uh, encourage one another in this gift that God has given us. And sometimes we question ourselves. Do you find that to be the case, Susan? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So much. You know, the Lord has is, is really challenged me this last year. Um as I was complaining to him and saying, I must have heard you wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. I don't have that many followers. I don't, you know, I do the podcast and, and, you know, people listen, but not large numbers and people come on, you know, social media to talk about their 10,000 downloads. And I'm like, um, whatever. Um, and, and he whispered in my heart, are you brave enough to be small? Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that was this moment where I was like, you know, my obedience to him is what matters, not whether I have a following. Am I following the Lord? Mm -hmm. Because that's the following I need to worry about. Mm -hmm. And if he's calling me to write something and it really matters to these three different people that it transforms their hearts and lives and gives them freedom and joy, then in his economy, in his backwards economy, that is the value for the obedience. Wow. You know, something that people in the Bible didn't have to worry about was social media. And oh. um, I envy them that, not not that they didn't have central heating, that part I don't envy, but, um, you know, in biblical times, but they still had distractions. They, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's Satan here. We we're jumping right into these heavy topics, but Satan wants us distracted from what matters most, which is our heart and a heart to follow and obey and rejoice in what God is doing. I mean, what a privilege we have, Susan, to even uh, be part of God's family, much less to be able to share with someone else how much God loves them and wants them to be part of their family. So let me make sure I repeat this back to you. Are you brave enough to be small? I remember a friend of mine telling me years ago when I couldn't get my first book off the ground, she said, are you willing, Sue, to write it for your children? And I thought to myself, no, I'm not. It's too much work. And that's when I knew I was too proud, you know, because now I am. (laughs) And I give copies to my kids, whether they're going to read it after I die or not, because it's what God has called us to do. So let's elaborate on that a little bit. Let's say there's someone listening today who feels nudged by God to do something, but just seems like too hard or why bother because everybody else is doing it. How can you encourage them? Well, all through scripture, there are repeated commands to God's people to proclaim, to speak, to write, to sing praises of him. 
Like mm-hmm. it's our job to be sharing his truth in whatever way that looks like. That is doesn't mean we all need to be speakers for retreats, but that's that's a place where some people are called. Mm-hmm. Um, the sharing um, is the thing. The obedience is the thing. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the little boy with his lunch, uh, five loaves and two fish, just needed to share what he had. Yeah, And it was up to Jesus to do something with it whatever he chose to do. And so what that's what we're doing. We're, we're offering it for him. And in the biggest thing, and it, the fear is real. The, um, the imposter syndrome, who am I? All my friends are going to laugh at me. What are they going to think of me that I think I'm so big that I can be out here and writing? You know, it's almost like that, that I remember very clearly when I decided to start calling myself an author, I wasn't published. I was not, um, I was going to have to self-publish my first book because, you know, that was, that was the way it was. And I don't have an agent and I've been, I've been interviewed, but I haven't been picked up by anybody. I haven't been able to sell my manuscript, but I write. And if I write, I'm an author. Hmm. Um, And, and there was a great deal of freedom that came with that, but fear. Um, fear, Why fear? Fear of what people would think of me of, do I have the qualifications and do I have to prove it? Mm. So, so it had to shift that if I feel like I should write, it's because the Lord has called me mm-hmm. and, you know, I, it started a long time ago and I still had kids at home and I was still homeschooling and I was still doing all this stuff. And now I'm in this weird place of, um, I call myself empty nestish. I have a daughter that still lives at home, but she's 20 and very self-sufficient. So, um, it's not the same totally. as, you know, having to take care of somebody, but, um, now it's like, well, am, am I supposed to go get a job somewhere and bring mm-hmm. in money? Because, when you're doing this, you are very likely not making money and probably costing the household money because to host a podcast, to host a blog, to do any of those things cost money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I did to really know that the Lord was calling me and then invest in that and just be brave enough to do it. And the thing I found that I had to start simple, mm-hmm. like just do the simplest version of whatever it was I was doing. I, in fact, I had this whole website designed and I was going to do this parenting website, blah, blah, blah. And it freaked me out. And I had it designed, paid for it and didn't do it, didn't use mm-hmm. it. And then about a year later, I started on Blogger. And just started a little mind rambling. Here's my little thoughts about the Lord and about, you know, like little devotional kind of things. But there was no, I certainly didn't have a niche like you're supposed to have and all that stuff. I can't even spell it, but go ahead. Yeah. And so, (laughs) you know, having that was easier and I could do that simply. And then I could take the next step. Like Mm. you don't have to, we see this vision of what we want and we can't always get there certainly can't the first time around Hmm. it's starting starting simple and then adding on a layer of complexity when you feel comfortable with what you have now youtube Hmm. you can learn how to do anything Mm -hmm. and here's the other thing i feel like we have such a responsibility and privilege in the days we live to have access to people all over the world I love getting on my blog or my podcast and it's not big numbers, but somebody listened to it in Saudi Arabia. Hmm. That just makes me so happy. Even if it's two people, Mm -hmm. I have, how would I get to somebody in Saudi Arabia for them to hear my words? Hmm. You know, so we're, we live in an amazing time and there certainly is a lot of 
alternate messaging going out. So we have a responsibility to to flood these airways with God's words. I want to go back to the point you made of so excellent um, a minute ago, which was taking the next simple step, because I do get overwhelmed as well with everything that I could be doing, or maybe is the Lord calling me to do this? And then you, it, it can become, I can become immobilized where you just stop. Oh, I'm not going to do anything because I can't seem to reach this huge goal. So I think, I mean, every coach says that to take just the next step. And I love it that you started small. And then, cause I think back 20 years ago, I didn't know, maybe it was 25. I didn't know how to do email. Someone from the, another country, a friend of mine said, well, can't you email me? I go, I don't even know what that means. You know, and then email is like sec- our, our third hand. We're just so used to it now. And, and someone goes, oh, you podcast? I go, yeah, I've been doing it four years. So I guess I know what I'm doing. But you know, at the beginning, I was scared to death because I don't like the tech, etc. So I think this is such great wisdom for anyone you listening today who you think God is niggling you to do something different, a little scary, and you don't want to get, um, I don't want to get bogged down with promoting myself. I know you feel the same way, Susan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, and that that's another thing. That's part of that. Not only do you feel like an imposter, you feel like, well, am I making more of myself or of the Lord? Am I, you know, who's this platform for? Well, it's, it's for the Lord, but if he's giving us a message, it's because somebody else needs it. Hmm. Even and, if it's and really just one that person. is, yes. And that's the difference. And, and, um, and I go zigzagging around, but when I can say, no, I'm not doing this for me or to sell more books, I'm doing this to help somebody who's struggling with this, that this message could go help somebody else. And my mm-hmm. ministry and my heart goes for that other person. It takes a great deal of pressure off. It's almost like, you know, I, I, I want to give this warm meal and a hug to the person that's hurting and I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it doesn't matter if it goes to 500 people or it goes to two. You know, yeah. just don't don't listen to those things about anybody that tells you you can get five thousand followers in a month run the other way. You know, it's just not. They're not going to be your people. They're not going to want your message. But as you slowly accumulate people that trust you to come into their mailbox or who visit your blog or listen to your podcast, it's because what you're saying is resonating with them and somebody else who has a great podcast and a great contact content might not resonate with them. Mm -hmm. So if your voice isn't there, then they're not able to get that message. And that's the importance. Well, there's a, there's a reason we're all in different neighborhoods because Mm -hmm. those neighbors are who we're supposed to love literally, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I love what you uh, say about yourself on your podcast, on your website. I believe if I'm still breathing, Jesus still has a work for me, which I think relates to your podcast. Tell me a little bit more about that. Um, well, I think that women need to, we, we have this place that we come, the kids are gone, particularly if you, um, really focused on your kids. I think that stay at home moms and homeschool moms, I I haven't talked to many who felt lost or even if, you know, you needed or wanted to work outside of the house, but, but every other moment was, was around your kids and getting them to sports and doing the things. And, and then you get to this end place and it's almost like you've been fired Hmm. and, and, and you, it's forced, you know, there's no option. And so what do you do with that? And, and there can be, 
you know, the big focus on, well, all the things I always wanted to do and never got to do? Or is it the place where we can say, Lord, what do you now have as an assignment for me? My assignment as a mom um, was to do these things and disciple these children. And now my children are adults. And if they're making decisions that don't look like Jesus ever was a conversation in their life. We can take on lots of guilt and lots of blame, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's them between them and Jesus. We don't have to be, and should never try to be our kids. Holy spirit. He's good at that. We are not. Um, But we did learn a lot and we now have things to take to somebody else. And maybe it's that neighbor across the street. Maybe it's some young moms in our church. Maybe it's writing a book of something that was on your heart. Um, all of that matters that we go out and we find places there's foster moms that, that need help. Um, that's a, a place I think a lot of you know people that don't, aren't necessarily going out to get a job. And so they're not sure what to do with their time. You can mm-hmm. get certified to be a caretaker in a foster home. And that way those parents can get out and have a date and you mm-hmm. can babysit, you mm-hmm. know, that's easy. Well, not easy. Nothing's easy, but <laughs> it's doable. Right. And you don't have to worry about, you know, getting in front of a camera or talking on a microphone. But the point is we're an entire army of women and, and the generations behind us are fleeing the church mm-hmm. and they aren't going to be hearing the message from sermons if they don't ever darken the door of a church. Mm-hmm. And if we're quiet and scared in our home because everything seems to be changing and we're afraid to open our mouths because somebody's going to get mad at us, then we're not going to take the message of hope that is the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be silenced. We now, as a, as a mother of seven, which I was surprised, yeah. and that gives you an award right there. When, uh, As you were raising them, did you know right then you wanted to be a writer or was it when you were single in college or was it in the last five years or so? My first idea to write um, was back before we even had kids. I was married. My my degree was in history, mm-hmm. and I had planned on going to law school or seminary. I wasn't sure. And then I met this really cute guy, and mm-hmm. I ended up getting married. <laughs> and he is in the Air Force, and we traveled around the world, and we started wow. having kids. And so I never did, you know, the follow-on school. And so, but I already was thinking about writing and it just never really happened. And I, you know, that was way back in the day when there was no online, there was no self-publishing. It was all vanity press if you're going to publish your own book. And so somewhere it started really, you know, developing. And whenever I had a chance, I love to teach. Like I know you do too, you love to speak. I love, like there is nothing that gives me more energy I get more pumped than speaking to women Hmm. and um, I just love it. So I had chances to do that all throughout the years. And then my first attempt at at writing to write, I had some articles published and some magazines and that sort of thing, but very intermittent um, was the failed um, non-used website. And then that's (laughs) why I started with the blogger website and, and, just writing and writing. And I remember the first time I walked in half price books and bought Stephen King's on writing because everybody had that on their, yeah, had that (laughs) on their list. And, um, and I felt like I was investing myself in writing. And that was like, that was before I had called myself an author and it, it was a big deal to me. It was a big deal to say, um, 
I'm going to invest money, which, you know, with seven kids and one income, that money needs to go in five different directions. So I was going to invest money in a book for me to learn how to write better. Hmm. Um, do you recall, so the, so the, do you recall anything that you got from reading that book? Uh, the, the need to be consistent, hmm. to write daily, um, which I don't do, but I try, um, to be very consistent, um, I have a, a word count little spreadsheet that I fill in on the days that I write how many words and see them add up over the year. And that's very encouraging. And it does really put why it matters, like just doing 500 words a day and you have a book by the end of the year, mm-hmm. um, just number of words. So that consistency and that just commitment to it. Now you have, not- you've, you've touched on this topic um, of what to do once the kids are gone Mm-hmm. Uh, you interviewed me and I, I couldn't really answer that question because I guess because I was married later at 35 and it wasn't mm-hmm. like I was trying to push them out the door, but I was already doing some things while I was, while the kids were gone. And I thought sometimes, yeah, oh, maybe I should quit writing or I should quit speaking or I should quit my podcast. But then I thought, well, I don't have grandchildren yet. I might as well. So it's not like this huge thing that God is calling me to, but maybe it is. And I just don't recognize it as being so great. Now, why a podcast and why that name? Um, what is the name of your podcast? Okay, what, the name what of the podcast is We're Not Done no. Yet. Oh, I just love that. Yeah, and so and why why did you start podcasting? I started podcasting um, because I love to speak. And because I thought, well, I because I falsely thought it would be easy to <laughs> <laughs> as a great way to speak and to get my voice out there and then people it would is, find and me and then in a sense, invite me in a sense speak. it is you can you still um, get to speak you do you're so just not getting I've, paid for it yeah and i i've had to really wrestle with figuring out what it is and how much time i'm willing to invest in it mm-hmm. because i was podcasting and not writing very much mm-hmm. because of the time because you know we as we talked about before we started recording motherhood doesn't end even when they move out the door and then Mm -hmm. the grandkids come and there's still time. And I mean, we still get clothes dirty and you still have a home and you know, that's, there still are so many other pulls on the time as well. So, um, I, I, I started podcasting because I thought it was a way to get this message out in a different format and I would get to speak. I'm figuring out how to do it in a little, like, like I stopped editing very much and I stopped, um, just to make it easier. And I started putting one out every other week so that I wasn't feeling this weekly push of, by the time I got it out and got social media, because you know, you have to promote it and all of those things done. I was like, it's Thursday and I have another podcast to put out on Wednesday and Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, next week and I haven't started recording yet. And yeah. So Um, I enjoy it. I love talking. That's why. Where is God taking you this next season of life? And then we're going to get into the legacy questions. Maybe they'll be the same. So um, in the next season of life, he is um, really honing down on what I'm, what I'm focusing on. I have one of my heart projects is a book that I've actually finished writing, but still working on. um, That is a novel um, of the prodigal son's family. And just the whole sense yeah, of what's behind that. It's set in the historical times so that you can see these two brothers, the two ways that we pull away from God, how our father, her heavenly father is holding his arms out. Um, and which is my other heart is just people to really understand who God is and the, the love that he has for us. Um, and so um, 
this year is going to be getting that out. It has been rejected several times. It doesn't really fit in a genre of, of set publication. It's not a romance. Uh, it, it doesn't, I mean, it's two guys with their father. So I have brought women in, but it doesn't have a protagonist that is a female. And I don't know how, I didn't want it, it, to, it, it changed the story completely to make the protagonist female. So mm-hmm. my thing this year is to continue doing working on what I am working on and then um, get that novel self-published. I'm going to do a, do it bigger and better than I have self-published so far. Well, I congratulate you on that because it's difficult and you're facing the challenge by taking it piece by piece, but you do have a book that is um, something that you're reading into your podcast right now. And that's one that you're going to give away to our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that book is putting Jesus on my identity journal. And I wrote it, I started writing it, um, right before COVID started, uh, for young women, um, what are the identities we have in Christ? And then I was going to speak at a conference and I was going to have that as available. And then as I'm writing it, I'm discovering all these things that I know, but that I'm not applying. Mm. And so I said, you know what? I think this is for women. And I ended up changing it, uh, to speak to myself and women, my age of, of who Jesus is and what he offers us in a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And so it's a 31 day devotional. The picture is like putting on clothing. It's like having, we have this extravagant wardrobe that we've left in the closet and we're wearing the world's dirty rags. Instead, let's put on these beautiful things that he has for us. Mm-hmm. And so at, we're talking right now, it's January of 2023 and um, I'm going daily through the podcast, but that will stay up. Season four of the We're Not Done Yet podcast will go through the 31 days of the journal. I'm reading the devotional out on the podcast and giving the scripture that go along with it. And, um, and that's just right now, what I'm focusing on and inviting women to focus on is instead of self-improvement with our resolutions, and we're finally going to lose that 10 pounds and get in shape, but get organized instead, Mm -hmm. what if we just walked in what Jesus gave us? What difference would that make in our lives, mm-hmm. in our hearts, in our minds? In our and do you, do you feel like that is your legacy, moving into the legacy questions? I don't what? know if that's my legacy. It's one of the things I care about. Uh, my other book, Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power, that that praying for adult kids, praying for, that's praying for our kids and not, and not you know, parenting and you just sit in that worry and you wake up in the middle of the night and you don't know what to do with it. And I walk through a season of that. And so that is um, that is what I think probably is my most significant thing that I wrote um, and has made a difference in a lot of people's lives. And but you know, I always I always ask uh, towards the end, um, what is the legacy that you want to be sure that you're passing down to those who know and love you? Can you capitalize that in a sentence? Yes, um, that I love Jesus with all my heart and he was worth my life, mm-hmm. that I spent it for him. I didn't always do it perfectly at all. I'd be transparent to say I'm not doing well, but that he's worth everything Hmm. and he's the best decision I ever made. Hmm. What obstacles did you have to get over to make that your legacy? To not look at um, what I achieved, what um, my kids achieved, um, what an outside affirmation that I've been successful, letting obedience be what says I'm successful or not, following him. Have you sensed God saying you're doing the right thing right now? Yeah, I have. 
I've asked him why it's so hard. Hmm. And I just got finished reading this amazing book called Becoming Elizabeth. And it's about Elizabeth mm-hmm. Elliot's Elliot. first half mm-hmm. of her life. And and you read that and you realize she felt like a failure, at least in this first half. I don't know as she got older and had all the books sold and everything. Um, even as she was selling books, I mean, so much of what she thought and hoped and thought it would be like is not what it turned out like. But it came back to her that she made her decisions based on obeying the Lord, mm. obeying yeah. Jesus. And and there was no success. There was no anything. It was just, am I doing what he said? Mm. And am I following my master? Mm. That is That is what I want my life to be. That reminds me, when I was in college and I was reading the scriptures, it seems for the first time about um, loving God is our main thing. You know, he tells us to. And, mm-hmm. and I went and talked to a professor. I said, what does that mean to love God? Because scripture here says it means obedience. And yet we don't want to works, works mm-hmm. faith. But God expects us to want to follow him. And that is true love. That's what John 15 is saying. How does your life, as we close here today, Susan, how does your life embody the welcoming heart of God? Mm. Wow. Well, I hope it does. Um, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I try to invite people in. I try to um, go up to people that I know. You know, the Lord is is really pushing me past some comfort zones. Like last night, I was with a, a lady that I knew was going through some real struggles in marriage. And instead of not talking about it, I gave her a hug and let her know I was praying for her, even though we had never really talked about it. But we have mutual friends. And so I knew that mm-hmm. this had been a long thing. And and she got tears in her eyes. And you know, people need to know that you care about them. Um not worrying about um, what others are going to think, but instead just be the one to initiate the hug. Be the one that says hi, even though the person doesn't really recognize you and you all met three times and you just go ahead and do it. It's called you humility. Can't remember their name. Called, yeah, I don't. And and saying that, you know, not one nice thing about being older is I can say, I'm so sorry, I'm getting older. And I just, yeah, please tell me your name. I just forget names all the time. And then, you know, they go, oh, sweet things. You're going to have Alzheimer's, but they'll tell me their name. And, you know, instead of being embarrassed because that's just pride that's just me worrying about are they going to think i'm bad because i mm-hmm. forgot their name they would and rather know one thing i'm learning i think i'm learning it better now than before is that i can't meet all of their need i might only mm-hmm. be able to meet this part of their need and i that gives me great freedom mm-hmm. for one thing god has not made us the end all he is the end all and so to be able for you last night to present christ in the form of a hug um, reminded her that God was her end all as well. And when I think about the neediness of the people I know, I, I could get over- overwhelmed and think, well, I certainly didn't change a life today. But if I rely on God to do that uh, through me, and, and I know that's what you're doing as well, Susan. So thank you today for sharing your heart. What a blessing. I can tell you're a speaker. And it's terrific to know you and to share your ministry with my listeners. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to get to know you, Sue. I love your ministry. Oh, and I should tell you right now while we're together that last year, your podcast was my most listened to podcast on my, oh, my yeah. interview with you. So wow. there you go. Well, I'll have Heart to link that. Hospi- hospitality. I'll have to yes. link that in, my, in your show notes. Thank you so much. Okay, <laughs> Thank you, Susan. Okay. Until next Bye-bye. time, Bye. think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. 
Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.